grace and peace to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So you ever wake up in the morning and just kind of, you know, cover back up with the covers because it's just too cozy to get out quite yet, right? Or maybe there are some days when you stay underneath those covers uh, because you know what is ahead of you in the day ahead. And you don't really want to get up and face that day quite yet. Or maybe, just maybe, there are some days that someone else gets you up, right? Remember as children that we'd have mom or dad coaxing us out from underneath those covers, right? And we'd eventually get out from under the protection of those lovely blankets because we know that we'd go into the protective care of mom or dad. But then as years progress, it sometimes changes places. And as you're under those covers, you hear that clarion call, Mom! Dad! And now you know it's time to get up for the sake of those children that you love. Or maybe you get up for school that morning, not because you really want to come out from the protection of those covers. You don't really look forward to what you have to face that day, but you know your classmates are counting on you to help with that project, to bring your part of the pie, or your coworkers, and your part of the puzzle that must be done to complete that project. Or maybe you're retired and you No, even though it's a cold and blustery Saturday morning, your grandkids are counting on you to be there on the sideline cheering them on. Or maybe you get out from underneath those covers because your best friend has cancer and you know they really need you. Why do we finally come out of hiding? Why do we finally come out of those protective covers. I would say it's nearly always because of relationships. And however hard the day may be, the one who calls you out to protect you, mom or dad, or the one who needs you, you get out from under those covers because of relationships. And it's because of relationship, a love for us, that God's overflowing love poured out, that he made the world, created it, created us, and established between you and God, between us and the creator of the universe, a covenant relationship. He did that for us. Yes, indeed, as we have talked about over the last few weeks, God dwelled with his people. And when he gives us his name, it's not just I am often, he also gives it a description by way of relationship. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
Or he describes what he does for us when he says, I'm the God who rescued you out of slavery, out of Egypt. He heard his people's cry. Yes, indeed, God dwelled with his people. In the tent, he tabernacled with his people out of relationship, that covenant relationship, God with us. And on this commandment Thursday, this Monday Thursday, he gives us a new command again. No surprise. Out of love and relationship with us. He fills up, he fills up that Passover feast. This time, God dwelling with us, not with a tent, but not with manna of dew, but with his own body. And the lamb that rescued that mark of the Passover would rescue us, that lamb is now replaced with himself. Jesus. And so that which separates us from God, our sin is no longer a hindrance for all those in Christ Jesus. We no longer have to be separated from that relationship. Friends, God's work for us is good, but not because of our goodness. Hear that again. God's work for us is good, but not because of our goodness. It's his gift for us. As Jesus gives us this new command, as he did when he, uh, as one translation in John chapter 3 says, he showed his disciples the, the full extent of his love when he began to wash the disciples' feet. And you know what we disciples said at that moment, right? You can't do this. Not to me. Didn't get it. Sometimes we don't. Then Jesus, as he filled up that Passover feast with Holy Communion, with the echoes way back to Exodus chapter 24, with that phrase in the text read for us tonight, the blood of the covenant, that blood of the covenant is now his very own blood. That bread is now his very own body, his abiding presence. Born in the city of bread, Bethlehem, Jesus now makes his own body sacrificed for us. And guess what those disciples did that night? Did they understand just then? Did we, do we always get it just right? No, they, like us sometimes, they didn't get it. (laughs) Not yet. And then following that, Jesus would go with the disciples to pray in the Mount of Olives there, the Garden of Gethsemane, ultimately with love and with the hardship in his voice, he would pray for us about what he was about to do for us. And there again, 
The disciples, they were right on the money, right? No, they fell asleep. God's work for us is good, but not because of our goodness. And finally, as that evening went into midnight and into the Good Friday, you know what the disciples did at the end of that first Monday, Thursday. They went back underneath the covers. They hid. They went into hiding. And so what is it that calls us to venture out? It's God's goodness. And even when he invites us to put on the, the full armor of God, it's, it's not because of oh, my righteousness. No, that breastplate of righteousness is, is God's righteousness. Even there, these are gifts. And he does it for the sake of relationship. And how does he do it? He does it with his very real presence. The boys and girls who studied and prepared for their first communion night know all about that phrase, real presence. We've been talking a lot about it. Christ is present with us, for us. And as we heard the washing of the feet for the other. And so if you've been around me more than five minutes, you've probably heard me say a dozen or two times or two, right? We do real life here. We do real life here in the body of Christ and we, we make no illusions about the challenges of life, our imperfections. No illusions about how hard life can be or how beautiful it is and sharing it together. No, we do real life here. But we do real life here because we have a real God who showed up in this real world at a real time and moment in history. We do real life because Jesus is present. His real presence is among us. Recall again, a couple weeks ago, we talked about that phrase that I mentioned earlier that God tabernacled with us as he traveled with his people in the desert. And when that, that same word shows up in the Gospel of John when he dwelled or tabernacled with us. No longer a tent, no longer a building, now his body, the Word made flesh. He dwells with us. And when we come to this table of grace, this bread and wine, we remember his real presence is here and he is for us. Jesus, the God of the universe, is doing that for you and for me. Even while we're hiding under the covers, maybe, or arguing, you can't do that. Or wondering, oh, I don't get it. He gives us that gift. This is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for you. Relationship, God is for you. 
The grenade of sin that has separated us from God has gone off in this world. But what has Jesus done? He has thrown his body over it for us. Tonight, the Lord invites you, the Lord invites me to receive this gift by faith. Lutheran scholar Herbert uh, Grisham, in reflecting on this text and reflecting on Luther's explanation of Holy Communion, said this, and I thought it was profound. He said, thus, when a person participates in the Lord's Supper, he puts himself in the company of those who accept in faith. The proclamation contained in the words of the company of those who accept in faith. The proclamation contained in those words then extends far back, he says, to what he calls primitive Christians, as is proved by the account of Paul himself. He who appeals to the tradition that I received from the Lord, but I also delivered to you. Gurgensum is saying that we, as we accept this in faith, we do it together as the body of Christ. And this company that we accept in faith this gift with extends here and in your homes and all the way to the communion rail extended into eternity with those who celebrate this feast that will have no end. And so in a very real way, we don't just memorialize what happened at the first Passover or what Jesus did at the first of the Lord's Supper. But the past and our present and our future hope all come together in the breaking of bread and in the drinking of the cup and that promise of his real presence because of the promise of his word is right there with us. As we heard in the text tonight, as God did this for us, the disciples would depart then singing a hymn, most likely Psalm 118, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. God is for us. God is with us. We do real life here because Jesus' real presence is here as a gift received by faith. My wife shared with me this week a new Christian symbol that I was not familiar with. Maybe you have hung on to this symbol your whole life, but it's new to me, so I'll share it with you tonight. And that symbol is that of the pelican. Now, if you hadn't heard about this before, like it was new to me, I even discovered there's a Pelican uh, Community Center and Lutheran Church in Naples, Florida. You see, the, the Pelican is often a symbol of sacrifice, especially for congregations and churches along the coastlines. Pelicans, as has been told in this Legend or those who are experts 
know that when their chicks or younglings are hungry and there's no other source for food, the pelicans will peck their own breast until they bleed and nourish their young with their own flesh and blood. And so, as I became acquainted this week, the symbol of a pelican reminds us of exactly what God has done for us. We can get out of the covers, out into the world, because we have a loving God who has sacrificed himself for us. When we see in here again, this is my body, my blood for you, we remember we are not alone. And because of that gift, then we can do the same and share that love with others. Now, I don't want to cause any uh, spoiler alert problems here, but you got to wonder. So those disciples went and hid on that first Monday, Thursday. What got them out of, from under the covers on that Sunday morning? We'll talk about that in a couple days. But the good news that we proclaim tonight, that we can come out of hiding and even serve sacrificially like Jesus modeled for us, just like the disciples would do when they saw that their Lord was with them. His very real sacrifice, his very real love, his very real presence, because he calls us into relationship with him for you. Amen.